Coming to you live from our respective apartments. It's the Survivor Know-It-Alls. And now, here are the guys who know everything about Survivor except how to win the game. It's Rob Sisternino and Steven Fishback. Steven, how the hell are you? I'm good. <laughs> yes. Uh, I am ecstatic to be talking to you. Thank you for uh, signing on to do this with us every Wednesday night uh, after the show, barring uh, that you have a life at any point during the Survivor season. Well, there's there's uh, one thing I know, Rob, and that's that's how to lose Survivor. I've lost a very aggressive, so I'm, well, I'm excited to talk about that. Yes, so we're going to watch uh, 17 more people lose Survivor this season, and we're going to tell them exactly what they did wrong, because we are the experts, we are the two people, we know everything that the Survivors could have done, should have done, what we would have done if we were there, we have know it backwards and forwards, except for that one small thing about getting people uh, to vote for us to actually win the game, which is somehow has eluded us both. Uh, for now, for now. For now. You, you so, are the smartest survivor to never win the game. So I, I like <laughs> to think of myself as the smartest survivor who will win the game eventually. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. I would much prefer that. That's very good. Uh, so uh, we're going to talk about everything that happened. We're going to sort of break it down. Monday morning quarterback or Wednesday night quarterback. Uh, this whole thing. Talk about what the survivors should have done. And uh, for those of you guys joining us here tonight, it's a... If, if you're listening to this in the archives, it's 9.15 on the East Coast, and uh, we have just seen uh, Roxy become the latest person voted out of the uh, very sad sack Russell Swan Matt Singh tribe. Uh, it seems like with these tribes, th- three tribes, uh, somebody always gets off to the bad start, and uh, momentum is everything on Survivor, so that's two in a row now. They're down to four people for the Matt Singh tribe. Uh, Steven, were you sad to see Roxy go out this early? It, you know, it seemed like it was time to happen. It was almost surprising that Zayn was voted out that early. Uh, you know, had Zayn not been voted out already, like Roxy probably you know, very well could have gone last week for Angie. You know, if, if he hadn't volunteered himself, I really do wonder if it would have been Russell or if they had said, would have said, like, hey, we've got these two tiny girls on the long road ahead of us. So I was, I was you know, happy to see Roxy go. Let's, let's cut the the chaff and focus on the wheat. <laughs> uh, I was actually surprised because Roxy didn't give us much last week, but uh, last week uh, you got me thinking you got wheat on the brain. Uh, I thought yeah. that she was very uh, feisty this week. Yeah, she did. She, she, she had a lot happening this week. And it did seem like, I mean, you have to wonder if it was like purely an airtime thing. Like last week there was only so much, you know, with Lisa Welchel getting about a third of the of the episode, like how much time does anybody else have? But, uh, but Roxy, yeah, you know, this, this time she opened up. She seems to have a lot of misery just bundled up inside of her, waiting to come out. Yeah, and if there's one thing that Roxy uh, does not care for, as a um, as a person who is a, a missionary of the church, she does not care for any of this uh, pre-marital canoodling. And uh, there was a lot of that going around. Now, as an expert in Survivor showmances, as somebody who has witnessed firsthand the formation of what would become the greatest Survivor showmance of all time, Robin Amber, I was there in person to witness to witness this. They've now gone on to have, be happily married and bring three beautiful children into this world. And I was there to see the sparks fly. And uh, so I am an expert in this. The, the six-person tribe showmance. 
So I am the right person to be uh, talking to about all of this tonight. So what did you think? Well, how did you? What did you feel about Malcolm's like decision? I mean, Malcolm seems like a smart guy, right? Yeah. Like, he's like an intelligent guy, and he knows what he's doing is wrong. Like, what did you think about his decision to like you know forget all of the game knowledge and you know huddle with five? Yeah. Is Angie worth? A million bucks? <laughs> well, uh, I guess it depends who you ask. But it's almost like, do you ever see that Seinfeld episode where Jerry is dating the girl who he has nothing in common with, and basically his brain and his penis are in a game of chess against each other uh, about what the right decision should be? And that you almost see that playing out for Malcolm, where it's like, uh, I know this is wrong, I know this is bad, but she's hot. But I, I mean, everyone talks about how bad it is. I don't necessarily, I mean, like, yes, it, like, puts a t- target on you, sort of. Like, if you're a talented, you know, charming guy like Malcolm, who already has this great thing going with Denise, like, is it really that bad to, like, you know, cuddle up to a cute young girl and get her on your side as well? I mean... See, I wouldn't I, know. I think might... <laughs> because uh, now at any point in my uh, 50 days of playing Survivor... Did ever a uh, a girl uh, want to cuddle up with me? So it's easy for me to sit back and say, "Yeah, okay, well, keep your eyes on the prize, buddy. Plenty of there'll be plenty of girls after you win the million dollars." But I I was never put in that position where I had to make that decision of ah 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 yeah not 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 right now. It's not you. It's me. I I actually like fostered a fake showmance between myself and on my season and Aaron Lobdell. I kind of wow. like aggressively uh, told her. I made I made it seem to her that I was interested in her and you know Taj would like go over to her and be like, hey Steven Steven wants to date you. Um, and I found that it really worked well for getting someone who was, you know, obviously incredible you know, out of her element and feeling alone and isolated from her tribe, suddenly all of her loyalties came over to me. And I thought that there you uh, go. I don't I don't hate it as a strategy for Malcolm. You know, even it's, if it's not a strategic move right now, I feel like it could be a good long term Survivor Casanova, Stephen Fishback. Uh, Scott St. Pierre has a question. Uh, he wants to know, isn't it always best to break up a couple? And wouldn't losing Angie solidify Denise's alliance with Malcolm before he gets too close to Angie? Well, th- going back to the Survivor All-Stars, this is the very problem that I faced in a six-person tribe, and a two-person alliance in a six-person tribe is like a three- or four-person alliance in a ten-person tribe. It's like you have much more strength in numbers because you're 33% of the tribe. So it's very powerful to have a two-person alliance. And going back to my situation with Rob and Amber back in Survivor All-Stars, I felt like uh, I saw, you know, you could have got something go. I felt like I had something could have worked with Boston Rob. I felt like Big Tom was there, but then it was like, oh, we really the move really should be here to get uh, to vote out Amber, but there he's not going to go for that, and Big Tom's not going to go for that because he's so close with uh, with Boston Rob. So it ended up being uh, you know a a bad situation for me personally, but it's very it's very powerful the two person alliance. At the same time, it's very hard to break up. Because if you have two people, the only way to you, you need at least uh, four if the, the tribe is at its full complement, or you need all three other people to vote together to knock out the two. And in that, ultimately, what was Denise's decision? She didn't want to do that. Well, I think that makes sense for Denise because let's say she does that, right? Let's say she knocks out 
Angie this week. Um, and then, you know, then it's two, two twos, her and Malcolm against Angie, right, against um, Roxy and Russell, right? And so she, she she actually has, I feel like, less maneuverability at that point in the game. Like, whereas if it was, it, you know, now she's kind of part of the majority three, being with Malcolm, you know, and Russell's kind of the odd man now. So she's got herself, Malcolm, and then, like, you know, as the majority of her tribe now, instead of putting herself in the minority alliance and having Malcolm angry at her, having Malcolm be upset that he had betrayed her. Yeah. Um, so uh, let me ask you. Let me ask you this. Uh, so basically, Denise trades uh, the possible better situation down the road with not having Angie in the picture for at least one more week of assured safety, or at least one more trip to tribal council where she knows it's not her, no matter what. And then if that tribe gets down to three, you would think that they would mix the tribes up. But I kind of think that actually down the road, it's even more powerful, too. Like, you know, maybe it is long-term thinking to say, you know, we've got this other person who's going to follow my ally blindly. Let's take her all the way. I'm like, it's not maybe endgame thinking. You're not maybe thinking, like, what happens at the final four? But you're thinking, what happens at the final seven? You know, we've got a solid three. Now, do you think that Denise should have been consulted more as the resident sex therapist in the tribe? Should Malcolm have discussed his uh, conflicted sexuality with Denise more thoroughly? Well, are there, like, special, like, mores? What's your experience in this job? Are there special rules for island romances? Like, what were Boston Robin and Amber doing? You know, what were you and Heidi doing? Were you, did you guys have a... Well, I never had a romance with, uh, with Heidi. Maybe we, maybe we had a flirtmance at best, but not a full-blown, a full-fledged romance. I mean, as somebody who, you know, we've had a little showmance uh, going on in the Amazon between Heidi and Dave were uh, snuggling up. For those of you guys who remember Dave, the immortal Dave Johnson, uh, for those of you guys who remember that, there was some snuggling going on there. And I said, I don't don't like this one bit. And then the (laughs) same thing happened in the All-Stars where it's day one and Boston, Rob, and Amber are, are like uh, making goo-goo eyes with each other. And by night one, you know, Boston Rob's got his arm around her. I'm like, oh, 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 oh everybody's going to want to vote these guys out, right? Right? Am I uh, – no, nobody else wants to – nobody else is, is up for that? Everybody else is cool with this? Oh, it's just me? Um, so I really thought that was going to make them a target in that game and nobody else seemed to have an issue with it. And I guess in this scenario, I was a bit of the uh, Roxy in more ways than one because nobody else seemed to have a major issue with the, uh, Malcolm, uh, Malcolm and Ashley, uh, I'm sorry, Malcolm, Angie, Mangie, do is that, is that the nickname? Yes. That's good. Mangie. You like that? Yeah, that's pretty good. Malgy. How about that? Algae? No, okay, yeah. I like Mangy. Man, <laughs> yeah. It's not a flattering nickname, Mangy. But whatever, we'll go. We'll go for that. Uh, so uh, Mangy are together, and only Roxy is is really bothered by this. So uh, we'll 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 see. I mean, is that the move? In the smaller the tribe is, they just keep your mouth shut about the showmance. What would you do if you went back now and you saw a showmance happening? You. I, it's, I just don't think of it as like an unbreakable two. You know, it's like almost good that it puts the target on them. Like, lets you slip slip out under the target. You know, like 
if anybody else is being targeted for anything, you sort of want to keep them around. It's like Rob keeping Mariah Phillip around, you know, like he's always going to be the giant target. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, uh, it can go both ways. I mean, what I did do in the uh, on the All Stars is I believe it or not, I was with the people that had the showmance. I was with Robin Amber, and I was certainly of the mind: if you cannot beat them, join them. Uh, and it didn't get me anywhere because they still they still voted me out. But I was uh, allied with them, so it right. just it's very tough to do maneuver because there's they have two votes and you're only and you're one vote and it really comes down to if the other people in the tribe are aligned with them as you know denise is aligned with uh manji right now for russell swan he really didn't have anywhere else to turn but he had to go along with it because he wasn't going to be able to break up that three well i agree that russell swan is probably in the worst position but like he's that's of his own doing you know he's just like, was he good in Samoa? Like, it makes me... Like, I've been, like, questioning my whole memory of, of the, the Samoa season. And, like, now I actually kind of, like... I'm remembering a lot of really bad decision-making from Russ Swan in that season. Like, when he chose, you know, comfort over the tarp. You know? Yeah. Uh, maybe he's just really bad. And, like, he never got the chance to, like, implode on that season. Yeah, I think we have to come to terms with the fact that Russell Swan is not actually that good of a survivor player. Um, his, he, I think that maybe his, uh, he got a very hero edit on Survivor Samoa and maybe that was a factor of being up against Russell Hance. So basically by, by comparison, if they took, you know, if they take Russell Hance and you have the same name as Russell and then you're just the, the opposite of him, you're the leader of the other tribe, it's like, oh, you're the good Russell. Oh, I like that Russell. He's, uh, that's the Russell that I like. I want to see more of this guy. And then he goes out of the yeah. game. You feel bad. And his team was very victorious as opposed to Russell's tribe, which was just coming apart at the seams the whole time. Uh, maybe it's... Balance? Like, this is, these, these tribe, Russell's tribe is horrible. Like, apart from Malcolm, who's a beast, and Russell, you know, Swan himself, who's not even that physical a guy, like, for all of his muscles, is like... Uh, muscle. I'm pretty you sure know, he could kick guy. both of our butts, I'm pretty sure. Right, no, okay, no, I'm with you, I'm with you. Like, they've got two small girls, like, the guy who looks like the Pillsbury Doughboy, who just quit smoking, and, yeah. and like, Zane. the older lady, like... Yeah, well, I do all think the other he's... Like, much more physical competitors. I think Denise is probably one of the more physical women, but yeah, they did have probably the worst draw of the, like, there's, all the other men in the game are physical. Everybody else, and they sort of had the one guy who was sort of the, you know, uh, honorary uh, Hans family member uh, who just quit smoking the day before. So yeah, that, that did not help them, and then they, you know, really only had one very, uh, well, Roxy is probably strong. I, I mean, they're not in a good spot. I don't want to come down on uh, them for physical. Like, m- me in my glass house should not be throwing any stones at anybody for their physical acumen on Survivor. Right. Um, what, though, I had something, I had some phenomenal point. Now I've, I've lost it, Rob. Oh, well, we had a question, um, but we uh, we lost it. Uh <laughs> Okay, so let me let me ask you uh, about the uh, Stephen. It's so much fun doing the show with you right now. If there was any way that we could improve this show for you right now, 
what would that be? There's definitely cookies. I definitely would like cookies yeah, right now. That's the right answer. Uh, that was such um, a great Survivor moment, uh, I have to say. Yeah. I mean, it was almost like um, on the Family Feud, and the you're, you're playing Fast Money, and it's like uh, name name something that you would need to survive on a desert island, and she's like uh, cookies, and it's like one of those things that where it's like uh, even like there's so many great Family Feud hosts, but I think Steve Harvey might be the best uh, for just the horrible answers, uh, and he just is like. You know, deadpan to the to the camera. He was that. That was the one redeeming uh, quality of Steve Harvey for uh, Family Feud host. He's very good with the really terrible answers. He's like, okay, uh, let's show me cookies. Uh, no, yeah, I can give favoritism to any any Family Feud host who's not Richard Dawson. So I'm yes, not, that's, <laughs> that's good. Uh, Dawn's bread says between the two of you, who's the bigger fan of cookies, and did you crave them on the island uh, like Angie? Well, I was looking for some cookies. Uh, as a prop for this very show, and then I remember uh, I don't allow any cookies in the house. That's smart. It's smart. You can't. You know, temptation is a dangerous thing. Yeah. Um, I like, I don't think I craved cookies. I you know you crave like like full filling foods like fats like pizza and like proteins. You don't really crave like sweets so much. That's yeah. I can't remember really, uh, you know, I'm sure it came up, but I really tried to not think about food a lot when I was on Survivor. I always say, that's for the weak-minded, the people who have, you know, no mind control whatsoever. Those are the people you always hear talking about, like, oh, my God, what about Twizzlers? Oh, and, you know, just that that is a conversation. There are far more interesting things you could be talking about at any point in your life than candy. I like just like imagine like savor the foods that I would be eating. You know, just like you know, maybe not cookies, but like certainly peanut butter, or certainly pizzas. Just like the taste of them, and then it was like it was like I had it in mind. <laughs> yes, very good. And you should teach dieters that trick as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Lance, yeah, Lance Darnell wants to know how important are cookies to winning Survivor, Stephen? Do you know? I would say, I, well, I would say like 80 How much did JT talk about cookies? cookies like one. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I thought it was a benign, a benign answer, right? Like, clearly she's trying to, like, whatever, just say something. And then, like, Jeff treats it like it's this, like, horrific thing she said. It's like she said, like, what they need more is, like, I don't know, like, like fan manner. I, I, what's, what's, a, what's a horrible thing? You know, they need more, like, Holocaust or something. You know, like, he just said, he said <laughs> like, benign. Yeah, it's funny. Um, it's almost like they've ta- they've found a twenty-year-old uh, pageant contestant, dropped her down into Survivor, and then when she does dumb things, then we're somehow like we're like, what? How could this person be on Survivor answering questions like this? Well, we kind of found this person who was has no business answering any sort of questions whatsoever and now like we've it's like if you if if jeopardy went out and did recruiting for jeopardy and it's like oh we need uh, some hot babes on jeopardy and then they put a Je- her on jeopardy and she's buzzing in uh what is cookies uh, and then, like and then they're disgusted like how do you answer these questions like this it's like well what did we expect <laughs> what but what did you think of Malcolm on a strategic note, like, Malcolm sort of sold her out a little bit. He was like, yeah, it's, he, he like, kind of tried to hedge. He was like, it's not the best answer. It's not my answer, but it's an answer. 
like, do you think he like negotiated that well? Like, I feel like if I were in that position, I'd be like, "That's a great answer. I want cookies." You know, that's I love. I love cookies because you're trying to like, yeah. butter up your life. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, I thought he handled it okay. I mean, I think he could have been more tongue in cheek about the uh, the answer to sort of like, "Hey, like, uh, uh, I, I don't endorse this answer." Uh, I know how I know how ridiculous this is. It's almost like if you ever have if you ever have a friend who you know comes in with a with a girl and like uh, everybody sort of gets it right away that this guy is dating this girl. Maybe not for what's upstairs. Maybe more for the uh, aesthetic uh, exterior. <laughs> and you sort of and you sort of get it right away. And then she starts talking. And then like uh, once once keeps on everything. Like, all right. All right. All right. All right. She could be like a really kind-hearted person. Like maybe he's with her for her like emotional, you know, bigness. That's very. That's very possible. That was some extreme cuddling yeah. too in the uh, shelter. Like this was not just like hey, cuddling for warmth. Uh, and I know the difference because when you cuddle for warmth, really, ideally, you would want to find like the fattest person in the group. To cuddle for warmth. I mean, I can't imagine uh, that you would want. To, like, I can't imagine there was much warmth going uh, the uh, going the other way. But it seemed like is, there was some hanky panky going on. Is, you think silicone is a warm substance, or is that a cold <laughs> substance? I, I mean, I would think. Can it freeze? Uh, I don't know. I don't now, the weather. You were very fortunate, right? On, on your side, you did not have a lot of rain uh, on your season, correct? We had we had. A- we had days where it would just rain all day long. Oh, okay. Did yeah, you? the rain is. We were pretty good for like about thirty days. We had very little rain, and then we it was the last week was just horrible with the rain. I always say I can do a hundred days of Survivor in a debt. You know, I would say in a desert, but don't give me don't put me like in Africa or something. But a hundred days of Survivor in some arid place, I could do that right. standing on my head. But, you know, the rain is absolutely the worst thing on Survivor. It's terrible. It's, people don't think it's a big deal, but that's because you have a house and you don't know what it's like to live outside in the rain. It is just it is the, the worst, worst part of Survivor. And the worst thing is you don't know when it's going to end. Like, the thing, like, when it's raining, it seems like it might rain forever. And, like, sometimes it does rain for a day and sometimes it rains for a few hours. So it's like this could, it could be raining here for the whole month. Like, this could be 39 days of rain. I don't know. Yeah, like, and I'm worried about was... Russell's... Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, if you knew there was a distinct end point, you might be like, I can tough this out. It's like, it's like you know, when you're working out and you got a certain number of reps. Like, I can do 10 reps of this, but, like, what if they're like, you're going to have to do reps of this for a month. Like, you know, be like, I don't think I can do that. Yes. Uh, I'm worried about Russell Swan, Stephen, because that the last time in Samoa it rained like this. I think this that was the last season that we had this much rain, and I think that was like what ultimately took Russell Swan out. Like it like rained for like a week, and then he was like, uh, he's like, all right, screw it, I'm gonna work in the rain, I'm gonna build the camp anyway. And then they went to that challenge, and that's when he passed out. I uh, yeah, it's one, it's like the exact same thing as Samoa. Even their shelter looks kind of similar to his shelter in Samoa, just that sort of horrible lean-to they constructed. <laughs> you must have a, a photographic memory because I could not. I could uh, if you showed me a picture of uh, the shelter from Samoa and maybe the shelter from my season, I don't think I'd be able to tell the difference. Oh man, shelter construction. Well, I, I you know I live with a constru- uh, home builder, it's uh, JT Thomas, and so. You know, he's feeling oh. really strongly about shelter construction, and so I, you know, I learned some some strong opinions myself. <laughs>
It is very important. Uh, and then Russell Swan, I was also worried about him. He talked about the Tribal Council last time. He said he almost passed out at Tribal Council because it, it was getting so heated. I said, no, Russell, please. You just came back. Yeah. There's no well, third he, chance. I, challenge, I was worried. He looked, he looked a little bit wobbly at that challenge when he was uh, pulling that sled. So I thought he could go. On the puzzle, on the puzzle I was like, this would be it for you. Yeah, Tadashi wants to know, uh, why did Angie go twice instead of Malcolm? Awful coaching by Russell Swan there. So, like, what? Like, one team had to go nice. And I guess they didn't want to put the, Like, that's like a, like a uh, challenge strategy question, right? Do you put the two guys together and then the two girls? Like, I think they felt that just couldn't do it alone. I, you know, I'd probably make the same call. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like this seems to be a big problem for this tribe every week of who's going to do what in the challenge. Now, what did you think of Russell Swan's speech after the challenge? I did not think that was exactly a, a great post-game speech by Russell Swan. Is that not a good survivor move? You don't think that was like an epic, motivational, inspirational speech? Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Yeah. Um, he managed to offend everybody. He was like, this tribe's... Don't know, like, what does he say? Like, they can't talk, or like they're, they're talking all the time, or something. And then my tribe is head up its ass. And Jeff, you're ugly. <laughs> the producers look horrible too. And like everybody sucks. Viewers at home, yeah. you're not that good either. Yeah, um, it was not exactly the hey guys, this one's on me. This one's on me. I failed. Is like uh, hey. Uh, you, we suck. We suck, and uh, you don't want it bad enough, and you guys don't want it bad enough. That's why we're losing. It was not a, it was a, yeah, very Jay Cutler esque uh, speech there by Russell Swan. I don't know. I don't get that reference, but I assume it's the professional sports. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's uh, let's ch- check in with some of these other tribes. We spent a lot on. Did you have anything else you want to say on on Matt Singh? No, you know, I mean, what, what do we think? Of, I just want like an overall like. Think of Malcolm. Is Malcolm good or is Malcolm not good? I think Malcolm's good, but he's twenty-five or twenty. Is he twenty-four or twenty-five? I think Malcolm at thirty-five would be uh, would be truly uh, spectacular. Unfortunately, this is the time that we're, that we're in, and so uh, Malcolm's going to have to deal with you know being a twenty-four, twenty-five-year-old at the same time of being a very smart player at the game. So if he can balance that out and get his priorities in, in check. I think he's got a great shot to win the game. If not, I think some of these older players are going to, uh, you know, be able to outmaneuver him, and I think he will, uh, you know, not make it to the end. How, how old are you, though? You were, like, 23. You were something unreasonable. I, was, I had turned 24 about two weeks after I uh, – yeah, I had turned uh, 24 two weeks before – I went on Survivor, and I, I would concur with that. I think Rob at 34 would uh, be a better Survivor player than Rob at 24. I think there's something, though, that you might have been more cautious then, or now, than you were then. Like, I feel like, like as people get older, they get a little more cautious. And you took, like, some, you know, you made some very, very positive plays. Yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> I, maybe there's something to that, but I think I might have been, uh, you know, a little... A little more heady about what I was doing uh, at at 34, which I, I am not yet. Um, but uh, I think I would be a better Survivor player uh, then than than or now than then. Uh, but I think maybe that's what everybody thinks. I, I think I'm actually in better shape now too. 
Uh, Philip Stanford yeah. says, will Penner's tribe realize a piece is missing from the rice bin and no Penner has the other? Yeah, isn't that going to be very conspicuous that the rice thing has no handle on it anymore? A giant, like, scalloped hole in the middle of it now. It's, it's Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, it's incredibly obvious. So basically, like, Calabaugh. Calabaugh's Penner's tribe, right? It, you say the red team. Okay, red team. Um, their whole narrative this week was Penner finds the owl, right? Like, that's all that happened on, on red team this right. week. Right. Um, and it did seem like, well, so, so two things about that. Like, first of all, did Penner not just seem to be isolating himself further? I mean, to me, it seemed like not a great play. Yeah. Does not seem like Penner is playing a great game so far this season. Now, it seems like nobody else has put two and two together that he has the idol. So I feel like we could be in a scenario where everybody they go to tribal council, everybody votes for Penner, Penner votes for Jeff Kent, and now all of a sudden Penner is the new leader of the tribe. But other, other than it playing out that way, Penner does not seem to be in a good spot so far. And to be fair, we've seen very little of the Calabar tribe dynamics. You know, we see like five minutes of Penner looking for an idol, and it's like, well, Penner's on the outs, you know? But like, who knows like what inroads he's made? And I kind of hope, you know, apparently there's someone named Carter on this season. Like, we haven't seen him Yes, all. there he is. Now, Stephen, what, uh, what do you make of this? That there was a cave the whole time? What were they doing standing out in the rain the whole time when they had a, a cave they could have been in? Or, like, make the shelter close to the cave. I guess they didn't know what the cave was. Yeah, that's crazy that they were just yeah. like getting drenched and not hanging out in the dry, the dry cave. Yeah. Jeremy says, how bad is it if someone like Carter hasn't had a confessional yet? Well, let me say, in fairness to Carter, in a tribe, in a season with three returning players, a former Major League Baseball player, and a former sitcom star, and three tribes... It is going to be very hard for all of the new people to be getting some airtime. There's a bunch of people on this season that you could you know, count on one hand total their number of confessionals. You have Carter. You have those two other, uh, two other girls in that tribe, Dawson and Katie. Uh, then we saw a little, a little bit from the, uh, the other girls in the Scoopin' tribe. But Pete, you never see him. Artists, you never see him. We've seen a lot from Matt Singh because they've been to Tribal Council twice, but there's a bunch of new players we are not we know nothing about. Well, Carter has literally not spoken a word. Like apart from like, <laughs> not even knowing anything about him, he has like not had one confessional. Like you haven't even overheard him in context saying something. Like we don't know. Carter may be mute. That might be like another twist. Oh, that would be a good twist if they had a mute person on uh, Survivor. Because that would be good because you, you couldn't get yourself in a lot of trouble. The mute, like, oh, I, my, I'm, my word is good with this guy. I know he's not going to say anything to anybody else. Like, you could tell, outline the whole plan, and he's like, yeah, nods or like uh, Breaking Bad. He could be like T.O. and uh, r- ring the bell for yes, and that would be perfect. <laughs> So, well, that's all, all good stuff. So, uh, yeah, Penner, he, he now has the idol. Jeff Kent uh, didn't know it was going to rain so much. <laughs> so, but Jeff Kent, I'm actually pretty impressed with Jeff Kent. Like, he seems to be playing a pretty great game, you know, like being one of the, you know, a celebrity. Like, he might be the celebrity player that they've had yet. Yeah, well, he's hurt, and it's also the rain is getting to him. And I, I said on Twitter earlier tonight, Hey Jeff Kent, this isn't this isn't baseball. We're not going to put a tarp on the field and rain rain it out today. Come back when the sun is shining. Have a rain delay. We're gonna we're gonna play on through the rain here, Jeff Kent. 
Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to be able to do a lot of commenting on Jeff Cam's sports metaphor. I'm not going <laughs> to you, you don't know rain delay as a metaphor? No, I've heard of rain delay, but you know, that's, that's, that's where I'm, that's where I'm lost. And it definitely wouldn't like have sprung unbidden to my mind. You know, I never would have like, thought of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, Bill has a question. Bill Methling, uh, from, uh, our big brother shows he wants to know uh, i'll never understand the share the immunity idol clue with someone else if they can get away with not big blunder um so let's uh, talk about the scoop and tribe and rc she is the only returning player not uh, that or the only person who's not a returning player to find the immunity idol clue she finds it and shares it with abby maria but within minutes seemingly this uh twosome of alliance has crumbled I, I, I mean, it's just like, you know, last week it was clear that RC was playing too fast, you know, and, and now I think that this is where it comes back to haunt her is, is when if you, if you come out of the gate so fast and you start making these alliances with people who you haven't even had a chance to really gauge, like suddenly your number one ally is someone who's like crazy and erratic and who's going to like suddenly, you know, who's going to like blame you for, you know, you know, imagined slights. And I think that's the danger, you know, like she, she picked Abby Maria, you know, half 30 minutes in and now she's like sharing her most precious goodies. And, and I think it's, it's, that's the danger. I think it's a good rule on survival. I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead, Steven. I can cut out for a second. What were you saying? Oh, okay. Uh, what I was saying is that in Survivor and in real life, I think if you meet somebody and they're like, oh my god, I love you, you're my new best friend, I think that's a, that is a red flag to this person, they, they, they just, you just became their best friend, just as easily you could be their worst enemy. And we saw on the first day, it's like, oh my god, we should, we should be in an alliance, so yeah, that's good, that's good. And now this week, oh, I hate, you know, I hate RC, I can't trust her, I see her whispering with everybody else, it's like too, too hard, too fast, is no good in friendships also. Um, well, the, uh, you know, and I, 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 um, it's both of their faults though. You know, it's like, they're both like Abby seems to be the one who's the most crazy, right? Like Abby is nuts and she's like, hothead. like a magic. Sorry. Hothead. Yeah. She's a hothead. But like RC, I felt like RC could have done more to defuse the situation. You know, when Abby comes to her, RC gets a little bit defensive when I think she could, you know, open it up and like, you know, be like, no, you number one don't be ridiculous hugs kisses girl power you know and she just kind of is like like you know crosses her arms is like i don't know what you're talking about yeah i think it speaks to the fact that the young people alliance on survivor rarely ever works out like it rarely works out where it's like hey we're all the young people we should work we should work together and i really I mean, people are gonna listen to this podcast and think that i'm ageist uh, and considering how it went on Survivor Nicaragua, I probably have no basis uh, to have this. But I just feel like the, uh, the hey, we're we're the uh, we're the young twenty somethings. We're we're an alliance. It just does not have a good track record on the show. I feel like twenty eight, twenty nine is like the sweet spot for a Survivor. Yeah, you're like youthful enough to be athletic, but you're also like you're mature enough. You can kind of like bridge between young and old. You know, you're not like you know you've had some experience in life. Yeah, I think so. Jeremy says, "How long until the RC slash Abby Maria duo blows up?" Well, not not much longer, I don't think. Yeah, as soon as that idol like comes out, right? Like then then there'd be like questions over over that, right? Like if RC finds yeah. it or 
Well, so we never answered the previous question. What do you think, Rob, sharing the idol clue? I think we actually disagree. Oh, about this. yeah. Uh, no, I think it's a very bad idea. I always feel like uh, if I ever found the idol clue, I would not share it with other people. I would not tell people. I would not tell people I had the idol. I would. I would think I would be very private about the whole matter unless I felt like it was. You know, then I could would leverage it in private one-on-one consultations of, hey, let me tell you about what's going on with, the, with, with uh, like, I, I'm only telling you about this. I would not be sharing it because there really is, it's, somebody always gets screwed on sharing the idle, idle clue and the idol. I actually agree. I think that when done well, sharing the idol can be very powerful, and sharing the idol clue can be very powerful to kind of build an alliance because you are, like, you know, it's like R.C. said today, like, you are, you know, essentially sharing your moat. There's very little opportunities to, like, prove trust in the game of Survivor, right? Like, you can say, oh, I trust you, we're in an alliance, but there's no prove that, you know, short of not voting someone out. Uh, and I think sharing an idle clue is a real way to establish uh, trust in an alliance. And, I mean, it worked well for me, so obviously I'm biased. You know, it, I, I shared an idle clue with Taj, and, like, that was a real strong bond for us. And then with JT, and that was a, a strong bond for us as well. I just think yeah. it, it comes down to like who you're sharing it with ultimately. I would rather share the idol once I have it because I think then it muddies the finding of the idol. Say uh, like, okay, now Ta- Taj is going to go home and she's like, hey, remember that uh, idol clue that uh, that we had? You know, uh, any ch- can I get that idol? Uh, and it sort of can blow up more as opposed to saying like, uh, hey, Stephen, look what uh, look what I got. I just want to let you know. I've got the idol, so me and you, we're good. I'm not. I'm only telling you, but it's there's no the ownership is clear. Like, hey, this is this is my idol. I feel like with the clue now, it's like, hey, let's find it together. Now this is our idol. We found the idol, and now the ownership is sort of a uh, you know, it's like a messy divorce. But I actually think that's where the strength of the partnership is. I disagree with you, Rob. Uh, no, because I think, <laughs> you know, it's the messiness of it. That makes it powerful, you know. Like when you say, "Like here's my idol, I've got it. We're allies." You're coming at you're coming at it from a position of power. And the other person, yeah. while they're probably like, you know, they like that, they probably also resent that, you know. So they might say, say "Oh shit, he's got the idol. Like I'm glad he told me, so I can now blindside him and vote him out." Whereas if yeah. there's like some question over, we own this together. Like maybe the person's like, "Well, I don't want to screw that up." You know, we got a good thing. You're like of the mind that the unexpected pregnancy can help make the make the bond stronger, bring bring these couples together. Yeah, you know, it was the step, it was the push needed, you know, the, to be to become two <laughs> parents together. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, what about Lisa Welchel? She sort of had the the hashtag Survivor meltdown this week, uh, and uh, she's she's an introvert. Did you know that? It was a very special episode of Survivor. Um, yeah, you know, she's not doing such a hot job. For her to walk off and have a private cry, it's funny, like, you can see, like, how different their heads are. Like, the everyone in the shelf is like, she's looking for the idol, and she's just, like, sitting there weeping. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess that's not funny. That's kind of sad. It's sad. It's sad. But, uh, yeah, who knew? She had a very, very tough life for Lisa Welchel. She's been on her own since she was 12. Uh, you know, nothing comes easy for her. She's she's taken a lot more of the bad than she's taken of the good, apparently. 
What do you think? Do you root for the Lisa Welchels of this world, of this of this show? Do you root for the woman who's like, I've got so much to get, you know, I'm just not fitting in, I'm so sad, or do you think she's, do you want her gone? I'm pulling for her. I, I mean, she's been interesting so far. Um, you know, I, I don't <laughs> I can't say that I dislike her. I met, I also met her in person, so I'm biased. I met her in person. She was very nice. She's a big Survivor fan. I would much more root against the recruit who doesn't want to be on the show. Like, uh, it's like, what, what am I here for? I, I've never even seen this show before. I would root against that person before I would root against the person who's never missed an episode of the show. And how do you never miss an episode and then come on the show and, like, fall apart and not make alliances and not, like, if you're an introvert, <laughs> you know, what are you doing? You shouldn't be on the show if you're an introvert. I'm sorry. Like, you applied for the wrong show. <laughs> All right, you people don't realize it's that hard. I mean, I think that Lisa could have, you know, much like a Don Meehan, much like a uh, a Kathy Vavrick O'Brien, much like a Holly Hoffman. I think she could rebound from this. I don't think it's over. Sometimes these women in this age group they have a, they have a moment and then they come back from it. That's true. And the rain's a factor. I was just complimenting you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Much appreciated. All right, let's take some questions here, uh, and because uh, we don't need to uh, beat this beat this episode uh, to death here tonight. I've still got a podcast coming up tomorrow with the winner of Survivor One World, uh, the one and only Kim Spradlin. Stephen Lehman. Oh, God, uh, that's wants... amazing. What's that? Another another podcast is coming. I was excited to hear what she had to say. Uh, we will hear what she has to say. Uh, Rob and Steven, who would you draft, uh, Gary Hogaboom or Jeff Cat? Well, you're going to lose Steven with this draft talk. Uh, yeah, what is this? Um, I, don't, I never saw Guatemala, so I can't answer that question. Oh, you, well, Lisa Welchel's better than you then. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I would draft Jeff Kent over Gary Hogaboom. I mean, Jeff Kent is a uh, Hall of Fame, if not a borderline Hall of Fame baseball player where Gary Hogaboom was a, uh, you know, a journeyman uh, football player. So I would go with uh, Jeff Kent. Uh, Adam Chesnick says, How soon do you believe a merge will come, dissolving a tribe into two? Well, uh, on Survivor All-Stars, the only other time they did three tribes, we went four episodes. Day 12 was when uh, – I'm sorry. Uh, excuse me. I should know this. Day 13. Uh, I only know about days 1 through 12. Day 13 was when they mixed the tribes up. So that would be the fifth episode if that was the case. Steven, do you think that that could possibly come sooner? I thought they did like a swap, like a rearrange first. They, they, the day after I was out, uh, the day yeah. after they voted me out, they had a, uh, a challenge, and whatever team lost the challenge, they dissolved two and two to both of the tribes. And the, uh, the Shapira tribe uh, would not go to another tribal council until the merge. So really, had I, if I could have made it through the one, one vote, Stephen – uh, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm there to like day 27 at the very, at the very least, uh, unless I cause them to lose yeah. challenges. Uh, <laughs> you like made it and the next day, like you might've been bitten by a poisonous snake. You, know? you like, never know. You, you never know. Or I'm, I, Richard Hatch could have rubbed up against me in a challenge. I'm, I'm like, uh, you know, I, I, I quit. It's who knows what could have happened. Rupert could stab me with the spear. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, Danny wants to know, do you think now that Penner has the idol, he'll spend more time with the tribe? Can Penner bounce back now that he has the idol? 
I wonder if this will ice him further now that he doesn't feel like he has the need to uh, socialize anymore. What do you think? Yeah, interesting. So you think that Penner could go into the tank and be like, uh, hey, you know what? You're ugly. You're uh, you're an idiot. You're stupid. And then just get everybody to vote for him. The whole tribe votes for him. They, they don't know from anything to split the vote because maybe he has the idol. And then he's yeah. just sitting there and he picks out whoever he wants to send home. Well, he like he's never been like, what about on, a, you know, on um, Cook Islands? He was not nice. You know, he like called Candace obnoxious or whatever. You know, he wasn't like a sociable guy. Uh, I think I don't know if a soci- not sociable is the words I would use, but he does wear his heart on his sleeve. So if you right. piss him off, he will tell you to your face. He's not going to be like one of these people that's like in the confessional. Oh my God, Stephen is such a jerk. Uh, he should just go jump into the fire. I hate Stephen. Now he's going to tell you to your face, like uh, uh, you are a jerk, and I hate you, and you're obnoxious. And, you know, now you go jump in the fire. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I, I think ultimately he'll probably spend more time with his tribe now, right? Like, now that he's got a little You would think so. Like, you would think so. Uh, Rob as a Bastard wants to know, is Scoopin getting the boo injury edit this season? I, I'm not as, uh, 100% familiar with boo's edit off the top of my head. You don't remember the classic boo injury edit? <laughs> no, Boo, Boo was always about to injure himself. He hit himself with a machete, like fell out of a hammock. You know, he was always, it, it was very like Scoopinette. He had like his montage. Scoopin was like, yeah. the face was missing. He's got like a stigmata no, or something. But, I guess that's not the face, but. Uh, I don't like, know. Poor Mike Scoopin. Uh, I mean, if you were uh, Mike Scoopin's health insurance company, would you consider dropping him at this point? He definitely takes big risks, you know, like anything <laughs> at all. Yeah. I mean, what what must his monthly premium be? Like, uh, he's got to win Survivor just to cover himself for a year. He's <laughs> you know, uninsurable. Uh, is this like a life thing? Yeah, is it just every day or is it just on Survivor? I don't know. Snide Snidington was, but the Abby Idiot seems a little out of context. Could that have been a clip from later in the show that they put in uh, right now to create a storyline? I mean, uh, that is not a question that Stephen or I would have the answer to. Did that seem out of context? I mean, I bought it. Yeah, I didn't think it was that out of context either. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was legit. Yeah, it did not. It did not seem uh, too out of context to us. But you know, you know, forced to me in a certain way. Like it seemed like. There did seem to be an element to, like, well, are you and RC really friends? You know, like, where there's, like, a little bit of producer prompting just to, like, get the... Because if they see that RC and she are fighting on the beach, you know, or, like, having an argument, they're going to ask her about it in the in the confessional. They're going to say, like, what's going on with you guys, you know? So I think that's probably yeah. where you're going did not, did not bother me. Uh, Landon Chambers was in a ding, marry, kill. Kim Spradlin, RC, or Tyson? All right, well, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a little out there. Steven, do you have a, a call on that? Can I ding and marry Tyson? Is that allowed? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. That's what I would do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. Let's. Uh, Steven, how you doing? How you doing on time? You want to? Uh, you want to wrap up? I'm, I'm all right for a few more minutes, but I probably should, you know, wrap up. I got. Okay, I got a blog uh, right here, Rob. Yeah, well, oh, oh, yes. Uh, Steve, you can check out Steven's blog at uh, people.com. Uh, will you give us a sneak preview of who will get the fishy, or do we have to wait till tomorrow? 
I, I couldn't think. I was watching this episode and I didn't feel like anyone deserved it. Really, who America? America? Who deserves the fishing? Like, let's let's decide. All right, that tell, right here. S- tell Stephen right now uh, who should get the who should get the fishy. Um, I would say the fi- fishy goes to Denise. I think. Uh, if you ask me, I think she's the one who made the strategic decision tonight. I mean, Malcolm made the uh, the decision with his genitals. Russell Swan's uh, you know hand was forced. Uh, Angie did not make any strategic moves. So unless you give it to Penner for finding the idol, I mean, I think that's about uh, not a super strategic episode tonight. You've, you've basically written my blog for me. Can you just fill in the next, like, seven or like, 500 <laughs> words? Like, you're, 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 you're just, basically there. Just hold Siri up to the phone, up to the computer, and then you just uh, play it back in the archives. I, I call the uh, the voice assistant on my iPhone, I call her Siri. Is that okay? <laughs> is, she, is she married to, is Nicole assistant RS? <laughs> yes. Yes, uh, oh, it's very thirty rock. Yeah, uh, Brianne uh, wants to know: Did you feel like Roxy was a Nayanka two point No, not at all. I didn't get a Nayanka vibe from uh, from Roxy. I mean, I feel like, yeah. I mean, uh, I I I think I understand where that where that comes from, but personality wise, I did not think that she was. Very uh, Nayanka-ish. I mean, Nayanka was a pretty disagreeable person on the show, and I thought that Roxy actually made some good points uh, about the showmance going on. Probably could have handled herself better, but I thought that she had uh, some some compelling points to her argument. Well, from the little we saw of Andy last week too, she seems to be in not bad position. I mean, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Roxy last week. You know, she like was looked pretty friendly with Angie. You know, she she was pretty friendly with Russell Swan. Like, you know, she seemed to have like a decent uh, place in the tribe. And it seemed like her paranoia with um, the showmance with Manji, um versus, and, and, as well as like her just total sort of quitting in the rain was kind of like what did her in. Yeah, I will say. Uh... To speak to the 29 Ninja wants to know, Malcolm gets the fishy, has Denise and Angie Alliance, has Russell's Trust. I also thought very perceptive of uh, Malcolm to be able to tell that Roxy was campaigning to get uh, Angie out of the game. That's true. That's true. And, like, maybe Denise said something to him, but it also seemed like he was, he, like, saw Well, it's funny. Like, it's funny. You like, There was this one great shot where it's, like, uh... Angie, I'm sorry, uh, Roxy and, and Russell Juan are like, you know, having this like heated conversation in the water. And, like the camera like turns and like there's, you know, Malcolm and, and Angie like watching them. And it's like, it's just like as a reminder of like how close these camps are and like how much like everybody is in everybody's business. And you really don't get yeah. like an opportunity to have a private conversation. Uh, Juan wants to know, is Angie playing dumb uh, part of her strategy, or is that really her? What do you, what do you think, Stephen? Is Angie the Kaiser Soze of Survivor? Is this all just a ruse? I hope someone someday does something. Like, we used to joke on in Token Chain, I've probably told you before, that like, like Sandy Kay, who was our like, lunatic older countrywoman, you know, and she's going to come out and this like, posh British woman is like, I fooled you all. You know, like, I hope, I wish someone could do that, but no, clearly she's not. Nobody, nobody can ever do that. It's too, too long. 39 days, the game breaks you down. Nobody's that good of an actor. Okay. Uh, do you want to take a, a video question before we wrap up? 
Yeah, let's do it, Rob. Why not? Let's All right, roll. let's bring in the esteemed uh, Alex Forstenhausler. Uh, he's he's lit oh up. God. Let's let's bring let's try out a video call and see how this works in a uh, in a three way dance here with yes. uh, Alex Forstenhausler. Alex, are you there, sir? Yeah, Alex, I'm, I'm great, here. Look great at this. sound. Yes. Here we go. Can you hear me? We hear you. We hear you. Great. Yeah. Go ahead, Alex. Well, I I didn't have a question as much as I wanted to like mix up the conversation that you guys had earlier about uh, the hidden immunity idol and whether or not to like share that with someone. Um, Because I wanted to bring up, you know, in Samoa, how Eric Cardona actually he um, he found the idol and he didn't share it with anyone. And I think. John Fincher actually said that if he had known Eric had the idol, he would have told him to play it uh, the night that he got it off. So that's a situation where maybe he should have shared it with someone. Oh, interesting. Another survivor know-it-all, John Fincher. (laughs) Um, Personally, like Russell Hanstead's season was shown his idol to everyone, right? And like that would work great for him. You know, like everyone got got to a peak of Russell's idol. Now, yeah, did I, when did when did John Fincher say this? This was in a uh, this was in an interview. Was he in an he interview was like after, uh, after the show. Look, look, I, look. If I read, if, I read the interview. If if I knew Eric, Eric had the idol, I would have been like, I would play that idol if I were you. But he didn't know. He didn't tell me. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. I, so I feel like, you know, it's good to sometimes uh, share it, but only if it's someone who I guess you can trust. I feel like that's that's the move. Yeah, uh, I think that's a that's a fair point. Don't rustle and show it to everybody. Yeah, but that worked out well for him. You know, he never, you know, he was able to like intimidate a lot of people with it. You know, I mean, it just depends. It's like play it well. You know, however you choose to play it, do it well. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's you can still go for whatever you do on Survivor. Do it well. Don't do anything half-ass. That's like a Russell Swan speech. You do it well. Do it well. Yeah. All right. Well, Alex. Yeah. Great point. Thank you very much for the call. Sure. Anytime. Yeah. Good stuff, buddy. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. The esteemed Alex Forstenhausler. Uh, all right, Stephen. Well, let's let's wrap this up. Because uh, let's, uh, let's save some Survivor talk for tomorrow when I will be speaking with uh, – tomorrow morning I will speak with Roxy. Uh, and I'm sure she will have plenty to say about what was really going on uh, between the sheets at the Matt Singh tribe. And then later in the afternoon I will speak with uh, the winner of uh, Survivor One World, Kim Spradlin. I will talk to her about uh, what she thinks and her take about what's going on here. And, of course, we'll get into uh, what happened in the Survivor One world last season. If you have questions for Kim Spradlin, uh, check out our Facebook fan page. Uh, I will post the thread early in the morning tomorrow. Post your questions and we'll read the best or most entertaining ones to Kim within reason, everybody. And I'm sure we'll also get a good sense of what animals do the people on Survivor Philippines look like. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and check out Stephen's Stephen's blog uh, coming tomorrow and see uh, who Stephen makes the call of the fishy with and see if you had an impact in his decision here tonight. Well, thanks a lot, Rob. This was good. This is a good uh, debut. I thought this was highly successful, and let's be sure to coordinate outfits again next week. 
Yeah, yes, we'll be sure to do it. Yeah, and, and so Stephen, are did you like this? You will be, you will be, you will come back next week. I will actually next. Uh, yes, yes, I will. Next week will be challenging because no, I, I should be able to make it. Yes, I will. Okay, we don't have to go as long as we did as as we did tonight either. We're yeah. closing in on an hour here. I'll email you about the, the scheduling issues, but yes. <laughs> okay. We, yes. Yes. That's like in Survivor. Anytime anybody asks you a question, the answer is always yes. Yeah. <laughs> just just say yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, not in that case. That's, uh, that's uh, yeah, I got to check with Steven. I mean, I don't know. I'm not the decision maker around here. I mean, whatever whatever they say to do. Uh, also, uh, two, uh, a, a few more things. Now, I don't know. Is this... When I when I talk about other uh, Rob has a podcast stuff uh, coming up, you do you, you like hanging out for this part? Sure. Oh, okay, Stephen, are you going to be watching the Amazing Race this season? No, no, never. I hate that show. Uh, well, we're gonna we're gonna check it out this season, and I'm looking for a uh, blogger slash occasional uh, rehab porter for the Amazing Race for this season. So if you're interested in cover, helping cover the Amazing Race for Rob Has a Website, go to robhasawebsite.com/reporter, and uh, we're looking for some people to uh, help us cover the uh, ex- the world's most exciting race around the world, which kicks off Sunday night. So uh, we're going to also cover that on Tuesday mornings on uh, Rob Has a Web Show. We'll try to get some people from The Amazing Race to talk about it. And also, uh, we, you know, we want to get some blogs going and uh, hear from our Rahat Porter from time to time on uh, what's going on with The Amazing Race. And, uh, Stephen, I know you're, you're not much for the, uh, for the sports, but uh, we've been having a great time so far this season. Every weekend, people have had a chance to win some money from our friends at DraftStreet.com. Uh, and this week, it's not a private league just for the Rob Has a Podcast listeners, but if, you ha- if you've been having fun playing dra- on Draft Street every weekend, they have uh, fantasy games that you could play. Just, just show up. Go to robhasawebsite.com slash free roll for a chance to win some cash this weekend watching football, and it's free to play. And uh, just for they want you to see what it's like to play on Draft Street. So go ahead and, uh, and check that out. And, of course, Stephen, uh, everybody loves uh, you know needs to do some shopping from time to time. Treat yourself to something nice. Check out robhasawebsite.com slash Amazon. Uh, you know, yeah. great way to support Rob Has a Podcast and the Survivor Know-It-Alls. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. It's a, ma- it's a mouthful, Stephen. Uh, thanks, for, thanks again, Rob. I'm going I'm to log off, but I, I appreciate your fun, uh, yeah, and I'll see you next week. All right. So, so take care, Stephen Fishback, the, uh, the uh, one half of the Survivor Know-It-Alls. Uh, great job tonight, buddy. Bye-bye. All right. So that'll, that'll do it for uh, Survivor Know-It-Alls. Uh, this was a lot of fun tonight. Thank you guys for joining us live here. Uh, right after Survivor. Looking forward to doing it again next week. Still plenty of stuff to get into with uh, Kim Spradlin tomorrow. So uh, check that out and uh, have a great Thursday, everybody. And we will talk to you again soon. Take care. Bye.